You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to Creatives Making Money. This is episode 29, How to Process Grief, part one. So. I just want to start with this disclaimer that I am not a therapist, I am not a clinical grief expert, I am not a psychologist, and a lot of what I'm going to share in this episode is more of a spiritual, um, intuitive, woo-woo, non-scientific way of seeing energy and emotions and how to process grief from that place what resources I recommend. And if this is your first episode listening to Creators Making Money and this is your first time meeting me, hi, I'm Jamie Jensen. Um, I am a trained coach and Reiki and breathwork healer. So this isn't coming completely from nowhere, but it is not a scientifically oriented process. This is an emotional and energetic oriented process that is founded in emotional and energetic um, uh, modalities. So it's not coming from nowhere. However, I do want to put that disclaimer out there for anyone who is, you know, a little bit worried about that. Now, if you listen to the episode prior to this or um, have read other content of mine, you'll know that in 2019, I lost the love of my life very suddenly to stage four cancer. And when I was 20 years old, I lost my father also quite suddenly. And so I've been navigating grief for the better part of my adult life. And I just have a lot to share and offer in terms of what I've learned across the two different losses that I've experienced that were really intense. You know, when I was 20, I lost my father. And then when I was 35, I lost the love of my life. And having come to that second traumatic loss with a lot of tools in my tool belt um, as a coach and healer already, it just allowed me to see, to move through the grief in a more intentional way and allowed me to see opportunities for me to prevent the grief from getting in the way of me moving forward in life um, and doing my work in the world as a creative making money. So what I'm sharing with you in this episode, in the next episode, really is 
my methodology for processing grief, my opinions and perspectives on it, um, and it is just my opinion and perspective and my personal methodology and modality that I've created that I walk myself through. Now, this does not negate or like contradict other forms of grief healing. It's not saying that the five stages of grief don't exist. They absolutely do. I believe in them, Um, all of that. But this is just my six-step process for processing grief. So I'm excited to share it with you. Now, what I want to say about emotions and energy and all of that stuff is, you know, this whole perspective comes from the belief that we cannot avoid feeling our feelings um, or our emotions without creating other blockages in our system energetically because emotions are energy, right? And if you treat emotions like a light switch and turn them off, you're turning them all off. So if you allow yourself to be full of negative emotions and never release them or never get them out, then you're kind of, it's kind of like having a fridge full of junk food. Um, Like if you don't clean out the fridge, then there's just a fridge full of rotting junk food. So we, you know, we need to kind of see that emotions are like that emotions are energy and you are creating blockages in your system from an energetic perspective if you are not creating space to process um, your grief and your negative emotions so my preparatory step to this is acknowledging that grief is an experience it is not one thing it is many things there are stages of it it is an evolving experience that ebbs and flows um, that transforms with you as you move forward in life it is not something that has a clear start date and end date it is it is an evolving process and the six steps that i'm sharing today are intended to be used as an evolving process and you are going to walk yourself through these steps repeatedly you can use these steps whether you are dealing with a current loss, a specific, you know, a loss that's that's present for you right now. Um, if you've lost someone close to you, if you've lost other things, as there's a lot of loss happening in the world right now and a lot of trauma happening in the world, um, of course. It's also relevant if you just want to take yourself through this process to look at old, old grief that you really is still sort of lodged in there and you haven't dealt with it. Um, and you know, not to be the most, not to be the most woo woo girl on the block, but honestly, this also, this also relates to like generational stuff and past lives and other things that might be, you know, in your soul, in your energy field, um, that are present for you and show up. So, you know, we'll just we'll just leave that whole past life thing there for right now and move into the the present moment, which is processing grief. So, as I was saying, preparatory step. We have, you know, that acknowledging grief is that is grief is an experience based on a story, a belief and a loss. So, the story is what happened. The belief is what we've made what what meaning we've created out of what happened, what evidence, what proof, what belief we've we've created out of what happened. And the loss is, is the loss. It's what you're missing. What is gone now that was here before. So grief, um, you know, is there are a lot of different definitions of grief. There are so many 
beautiful ways um, to describe the experience. There are a lot of beautiful expressions by many different artists and poets and writers over, over <laughs> forever, right? In eternity, because loss is part of the human condition. Um, mortality is, is part of the human condition. Us facing that our time on earth and the bodies we're in is limited. It's part of the human experience. So uh, there are a lot of different ways of expressing and describing what grief is. And there are a few that really have hit home for me. And so I'm going to share the ones that, you know, really feel the most relevant to me. And so the few that feel the most relevant to me is, especially looking at grief as an energetic thing, is that it is, it is the same and also the opposite of love. It is the same and also the opposite of love. It is the energy of love. It's the same energy, um, but it's the void, the absence instead of the presence. So when you have something and then you don't have it anymore, you know, you had love for something that was present and now it's absent. You still have love for it, but there is an absence. There is a void. And the experience of grief is coming into acceptance around this new shifted story, um, this new shifted version of reality. So what happens, you know, at first is you're disoriented in the new reality, you're scared and ungrounded in the new reality, it is traumatizing. And so unprocessed grief, processing that unprocessed grief is a matter of looking at what I call the stories interrupted that have become calcified beliefs in your system of what causes and creates loss. So step one in this process is to touch your pre-grief vision and acknowledge the story interrupted. Um, so when Robert died, this is my, my, my ex-boyfriend who passed away um, from stage four cancer in 2019. When he died, his best friend Giancarlo said to me, you know, as we were having these conversations and sort of processing our grief by just talking, you know, he said, it's like we were in the middle of watching a movie and it just stopped. In the middle of the story, it just ended. It wasn't over yet, but it just ended. We didn't get to see the ending, right? It wasn't tied up or resolved or even exhausted in energy. It was just all of a sudden over, like record scratch, incomplete. That's it. And that is traumatic loss. That is grief. It is a story interrupted, unfinished, unresolved. It is a vision that will either never be attained or will require an immense amount of detouring in order for you to recalibrate and continue on your path. And the healing process means that we have to release that story interrupted and rewrite and re-envision a new story. So trauma-informed healing happens when we, in an embodied way, allow ourselves to rewrite and receive a new story. But you have to first acknowledge the old story and give it space before you can truly fully let it go. And there is no perfect timeline on this step. There's no perfect timeline on this step. Now, I'm going to speak about this in less of a, you know, losing a loved one capacity. But as a writer, when I work on rewrites, 
like I write a first draft and it's done and it feels good and I'm like excited about it and I know it's not perfect because no draft is ever perfect. Um, But then I send it to people and then I get notes and I get feedback and I have to sort of figure out the next thing. Figure out the next draft, right? The process is very similar in terms of what is the next version going to look like? Um, I have to entirely let go of that first draft, even though I loved it, even though there were great scenes in it, even though there was things I wanted to keep. I have to let it go. I have to cry about it. And I have to give myself the space to re-envision a new, better version. Now, in real life, in post-traumatic loss, the new vision isn't necessarily a better version. It's just a different version. It's the like, okay, what can we build with what we have now? What is What are we creating out of what we have left? So um, in Miami with my girlfriends last year, we went to this restaurant in the Arts District in um, Wynwood. And... It's just a really cool area of Miami and there's like graffiti everywhere, all kinds of street art everywhere and it's beautiful and there was this gorgeous like stenciled graffiti on the sidewalk and it said, you always trade the love of your life for a new love or a new life. And at the time I snapped this and I popped it into my Instagram stories and I was like, this is the beautiful thought. Like this is what it is to process grief and and move into a new vision and a new story and a new reality. It it's not easy, it doesn't happen quickly, but it's this idea where it's not better, it's different, but as long as you're still living, you can trade the love of your life for a new love or a new life. And that can mean career, work, relationship, um where you live, you know, if you're, you know, literally where you live, like in an apartment where you live in a city, uh, as we are moving through life and sort of making changes, we're trading experiences, we're trading realities and grief shows up with all of that change. So I just, that was just such a beautiful quote that felt really pertinent to this conversation that I wanted to make sure I brought it up. And by the way, this also applies to things like investing in something that doesn't work out or like spending money on like a brand or a website or like let's say that you even are like, I decided I really wanted to start a business like selling makeup and I bought all this stuff and then it didn't work out. Okay, so maybe we grieve that and, and decide what's next. So yes, I this the purpose of this isn't to diminish the intensity of what it is to lose someone close to you, which is what happened to me. Um, but it's also, uh, want, I want to acknowledge that, that there are many different types, you know, grief is grief. Some is, some is more intense, some is less intense, but it's still there and we want to acknowledge it and honor it and create space for it. Um, so what do you do to do that? You want to look at and connect with the story. Like, what is your story? What did you believe about the investment you made or the thing you decided to do? What was the future that you envisioned that will not happen, you know, with the person that you've lost? What are the memories that you won't get to make, right? What is, what is that story that you saw, your story, that is not lived now, is not experienced now? Acknowledging it is the first step. The second step is going to be looking underneath at all those dark emotions that we don't want to see. Now, as a culture, we are very weird about sadness and grief. 
we're super weird about it, right? But as I was saying, we need to be willing to look at and feel those feelings and trying to skip over them. What happens is we swallow emotions that shouldn't stay in our bodies that cause us pain. And listen, I'm not saying that you should walk around like a raw nerve all day every day when you're processing, like you have to sort of have your space for that and do what you need to do to reground yourself to be functional in society and in your job as you need to. But the the risk is if we're constantly doing the thing where we zip up our hearts and hold it together all the time in order to get through the day to day, you know, we will continue functioning in a society that was literally built on the industrialization of human bodies. But at some point, those ignored, swallowed feelings, they calcify, they harden us, they harden our hearts, they make it impossible for us to feel good feelings and receive love. Um, We might get sick. We find other ways to try to release these painful, toxic emotions. And so really what I'm saying is like, please feel your feelings, but also... Let yourself sit in in the void. Grief is that other side of love. It is the death where love is life. So we, of course, we want to resist it. You know, that's also what the denial phase of grief is, denial, negotiation. It's kind of like, do I really have to be with, does this really have to be the truth? Because it's gross and I don't like it and I don't want it. But the more we resist, resist releasing, the things that are no longer present or that are no longer serving us, whether they're beliefs or people that have held us, that have like held us afloat or been there um, and have served to a certain point, then the more pain we're actually causing ourselves in the long term, as opposed to setting ourselves free by creating that space and feeling our feelings. So how do we start looking underneath at all the dark emotions that we do not want to see? Okay. Now, We want to start by asking the question, what is the most sad and overwhelming feeling? What is it? Is it hopelessness? Is it emptiness? Is it lack of purpose? Um, And I was reading a Gene Keys book recently, and I can post a link to it in the show notes. And one of the Gene Keys we were looking at in the book, it was a girlfriend of mine, and I were sort of looking through different Gene Keys, and it was this concept of death. And how in modern society today, death isn't just about death. Death is about having no purpose. Like that is death to us right now. It is just not having a purpose and a direction and knowing what you're doing is, is this, it's the equivalent feeling of emptiness and purposelessness. And it's that, that is on a, on where we are today, like that is death for us. So lack of purpose or a sense of lack of purpose or a fear that you will have no purpose, that might be what it is. That might be the the underlying thing that you don't want to look at. So you want to start by just asking that question and you also want to choose an access point for the feelings. So when you are checking in with yourself and saying, okay, I feel hopeless, I feel empty, I feel alone, I feel abandoned, I feel sad, I feel, you know, whatever it is, you're going to want to take the time to ask yourself where you feel it in your body and um, whether it's whether you're creating that feeling with certain thoughts, whether it's just showing up in your body um, and where you feel it in your energy field as well. 
So I will tell you that it's important that you are choosing an access point for the feelings. So there are different ways to get into this and I will list a little bit more in the next episode in terms of like what your choices are, but you want to choose an access point, whether it's going to be mind, body, um, spirit, energy, or heart. And so what that means is you can choose, there are different ways to get in. It starts by asking what the feeling is, where it is in your body, and like letting yourself feel it. But you also want to have a safe space to feel your feelings on a consistent basis. And you can choose to do this alone. You can choose to do it with a journal. It doesn't have to be something that you're doing with a therapist or with a practitioner or with a healer, but you do want to choose an access point and then feel your feelings in a safe space. And the access point can be lots of different things. So you have options. Um, You can choose somatic emotional therapy, which is a little bit more of an embodied approach to feeling your feelings and moving them through your body. And trauma lives in the body. So a lot of unprocessed grief will become trauma. They sort of can go hand in hand. So to be really trauma-informed about it, that is a way you want to consider going. You can also, um, as a breathwork healer, that is an incredible access point for releasing unfelt emotions and really accessing feelings that in your day-to-day you're just not touching. Breathwork will help you feel them and release them. It is an incredible, incredible modality, and I will include resources in the show notes for you on practitioners beyond myself that I think are excellent to work with in that way. Um, Another way is, of course, energy healing. There are different forms. I'm trained in Reiki. There are other ways to work with people, but if we're not going to access through the mind or through the body, you want to be able to access through energy. And we can use energy to, again, help sort of like loosen up different areas where things are stuck and unblock stuff and and kind of allow, turn on the faucet and allow you to sort of clear and, and cry things out, feel what you need to feel. So there are options. What's important is that you are allowing yourself to expose yourself to the, the, the stories, the beliefs, the the things that you would rather avoid because they're going to trigger those difficult emotions. But what's important is that you are allowing them to be released. So you're going to cry. You might want to punch and shake a pillow. You might want to jump up and down and yell. Um, and there, di- you know, as you work with different practitioners, they might recommend different things to you. Um, but the deal is we live in a very intellectual society. Even therapy, depending on who you're working with, can lean into psychoanalysis and figuring out the why behind everything we do instead of guiding us into an experience where we are actually going to release all of the bullshit that is holding us back. So not everyone has the same ideal access point. You know, you might be someone who goes to talk therapy and works with a psychoanalyst and that helps you clear and heal and get to a grounded place and get to a place where like you don't feel like do things that quote unquote trigger you don't feel as aggressive anymore they don't like bother you irritate you upset you as intensely because you've cleared a lot everyone has a different access point for some people that might work for some people it might not what's important to acknowledge though is that this isn't something you can think your way out of you have to kind of feel your way through it so you can't No one's going to like, this is why someone sending you a nice thought or a nice quote about grief isn't going to heal your grief. It's not It's like, oh, just get over it. Or like, you're strong. It's that's great. It's like, actually, 
this is an experience. This is a process and it takes time. So you want to ask yourself, what is the most sad, overwhelming feeling? What are you actually feeling? When you like look at the story, what comes up for you? Choose your access point for those feelings. Feel your feelings in a safe space and choose the space that works for you. And it could just be you with yourself, but give it space on your calendar. The third step, um, and these things can sort of happen simultaneously, is what I want to say is like, these are all pieces and you can... You can sit and do all of these things at the same time. It's not like they have to go in a particular perfect order. Um, and like I said, you can come back to all of these steps through the process and you probably will want to. So the third step is you want to write and or tell your story and mourn. Like actually mourn. And I say mourn because it's it's a specific type of... Um, crying that is just about the pain of loss and the pain of something you did not have or do not have and the reason I choose that word is because mourning one thing opens an access point for you to mourn other things and you'll find that there's it's sort of like a a beaded necklace like they're all sort of they string together so when you tug you know on one bead of mourning the whole thing can just like flood out so you you know it's it's that intentionality around it that makes a difference and allows you to sort of see and acknowledge like what what is there for you to mourn so you want to write or tell your story and mourn and think about it when you go to therapy or when you have a close intimate relationship you know a lot of what you're doing is telling your story right You are actually telling this person, well, here's what I've been through. Here's what happened. Here's how my parents fucked up. Here's where I've been hurt or abandoned or traumatized. Here's when I saw how fragile life is or understood mortality or lost someone close to me or realized that other humans can hurt you or leave you or lie to you. Here's where I've been betrayed, right? These are all stories. And from these stories, we create meaning. We create beliefs. What we believe and understand to be true is that evidence from experience. Um, and the ultimate work is is unpacking and understanding those beliefs, right? And then and and rewriting them and choosing the ones that serve us and don't and deleting the ones that don't work for us. And there is really high level energetic work that, in my opinion, helps you move faster through deleting some of these beliefs than, you know, doing psychoanalysis and talk therapy and understanding the why. So we create these contracts with ourselves, these agreements around these beliefs. Now, when it comes to actually writing your story and telling your story in terms of like, this is what happened and this is the loss I experienced, it's not, it's not the same work as like unpacking old stuff. Um, but what you're doing is you're preventing yourself from creating new stories that will keep your heart closed. That's the work because all grief is heartbreak and it comes back to heart work. It comes back to, do you feel safe putting yourself out there again? And you may or may not, but if we allow this story to create a new belief instead of open the heart, feel the feelings and mourn, then we are creating more blockages. So when you mourn, like I said, you don't just mourn for the main thing. You mourn for all the things. So you want to create a space where you can look at like, this is what I've lost. 
right now, but this is what I've lost. Here's all that I've lost. Because here's what I can tell you from someone who's faced multiple, multiple rejection, multiple loss, multiple putting my heart out there and being crushed, like on many levels, career, business, creativity. Um, I've also had positive things happen, right? But that doesn't take away from the pain of crushing loss and rejection when it, when it shows up. And so when I mourn, and this is true for everyone who mourns, you mourn everything you've ever lost. And you have to give yourself the permission to do that. You mourn every disappointment, every dream, every moment of crushing heartbreak. It bubbles up when you acknowledge loss in general. So it's important that you find a space where you can dump it all down. I will always recommend writing. I will always recommend storytelling. I will always recommend choosing to process what you've been through with writing, whether it's a project that the world sees and you want the world to see or whether or not it's not. And we're going to talk about this more in later episodes. We're going to talk about the process of actually using writing as a vehicle for healing um, and then potentially turning that into something beautiful that allows others to benefit as well. So there will be a lot of weeping. There will be a lot of weeping, a fucking embarrassing amount of weeping. But what's important here is that you just dump, dump, dump and get it out. So what I recommend, you know, without getting too into the weeds on this is create, have a journal that is just your space for grief. Like This is where I go when I want to talk about loss, when I want to reflect on the story that was interrupted, when I want to talk about the future visions that won't come to life, when I want to um, just acknowledge like what I expected and what I desired versus what I got, you know, have a space that is just there for that. And that could be like a healer you work with, a therapist you work with, a journal that's just that space. It could be an area of your house where you cry and then like burn sage and clear it afterwards. Um, So you want to just do that. You want to start with a journal also where you just write down all the things that have ever disappointed you. So when Robert died, for me, I grieved him. I grieved our relationship. I grieved our unborn child. I grieved um, having a partner and having a baby. I grieved, I mourned that my family and my mother didn't check in on me more. Um, I mourned that I wasn't acknowledged as a widow because if we were married, then that would have been like, it, it just would have, it would have been different on many levels. There were communities that I didn't feel I could join and conversations I felt I couldn't be a part of. And it was just, it was an interesting experience for me on all of those levels. And it created a different, all these levels of mourning. I mourned my father all over again. I mourned all the ways he fucked up as a father. Um, I released and unleashed like anger at men in general that year. I mourned my, my career and dreams that I wanted, business failures. I just fucking mourned all of it. And the truth is that at times I'm still mourning. It has not been that long. There's a lot still here. And like I said, grief does not have a perfect timeline. It is an experience that moves through you and evolves through you as you grow through it. So that's totally legit. And listen, this episode I'm recording in 2020 right now, are we not all mourning so much right now? Like this is just a year of grief, really. We're mourning the loss of a lot of life. We're mourning the pain of living in an imbalanced and fucked up system that was built to profit off of racism and the industrialization of bodies. Are we not mourning the businesses that are struggling and dying at the hands of a pandemic? Are we not mourning all the lives lost to COVID-19? 
Are we not mourning the dreams we had for our own individual lives this year, the plans we made, the things we wanted, the intimacy we lost, the chance to freely experience life and love and explore the world the way we wanted to? Like, are we not in a deep grief right now? What I want to invite you to do is to actually go there and mourn. To get into every dark corner and look because those corners that we avoid are the things that will literally run our lives. It's only what we avoid that has the power to control us because it actually takes more energy to avoid something than to walk through it. So I want you to just look. And if you do anything as a result of listening to this episode and hearing this message, I want you to give yourself the brave gift of looking at the stories interrupted, at acknowledging what feels shitty about it, and at listing out everything you've ever lost and mourning it, even if it's just in a journal. And like giving yourself that brave gift of just looking and feeling and mourning and letting yourself be gutted. I understand that there is fear that you, you will, that it will literally kill you and it will kill a version of you, right? But it will also open you and it will make you a blank canvas. And that is the only way to begin anew. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to go into a few other ways to process and move more of this energy through you and make the most space and all of that stuff. These stories matter. So right now, that's where I want you to start. Stay kind and gentle with yourself. And in the next episode, I'm going to share the next three steps um, that I recommend for processing grief. Hey. If you're a writer entrepreneur ready to grow your business to multiple six figures while also getting your personal writing done and making an impact, I created Craft and Cashflow for you. This creative leadership collective is a 12-month program that will help you implement the exact steps I took to grow from six to multiple six figures, churn out writing work that got me attention and enthusiastic collaborators, and make a difference. We get started September 7th, and I'm so excited. If you're curious to learn more about this virtual group program where you'll get tons of personal attention, coaching, and strategy on your writing and your business, and even some energy work and healing too, let's talk. I've opened up a few times in my calendar for quick chats just for this. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com chat to grab a time. Speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money, and please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day. So please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well, and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.